Makeup is just makeup, right? It doesn't really have the power to change the world, whether that be your inner world and how you feel or the outer world. I mean, it's just about aesthetics. Or is it? Imagine going to a makeup counter and discovering that out of all the foundation shades on the shelves, there was nothing that matched your skin tone. As someone who grew up experiencing this, I know that it makes you feel almost invisible and left out, like you don't matter enough to be given an option. In today's episode, our commissioning editor, Alex Davies, speaks to two incredible Aussies who know that makeup actually does have the power to change the world. I'm Lisa Gabby-Luggan, Editor-in-Chief of Women's Health Australia, and this is Uninterrupted, a podcast where we chat to amazing humans about health and well-being so that you can live a happier and healthier life. Tali Mason and Shanti Warbridge became friends as kids after their parents connected while adopting them from India to Australia. They've now taken their friendship next level by going into business together as founders of All Shades Matter Cosmetics. Their goal is to close the gap in makeup shade variety, specifically for people of colour, and to provide an inclusive foundation that caters to a diverse range of skin tones. In this chat, Tali and Shanti reflect on the struggles of finding foundation matches while growing up, and the impact that had on their confidence, as well as their passion for inclusive beauty and above all, helping people to feel thought of, validated and empowered. After all, as Shanti says, we've got a country that is so diverse and multicultural. Why aren't we catering for that? Um, so my name's Tali. I'm 27 years old and I'm a primary teacher full time. And I was adopted from Calcutta when I was 15 months old. So I've got um, both my parents are Australian and I've got an older brother too who's adopted from India, but he's not biologically my brother and he's three years older than me. And I'm Shanti and I'm 32 years old. Um, <laughs> yeah, had to think there. Um, I'm from Geelong uh, in Victoria. Um, I'm also adopted. I have a sister via adoption as well who is only three months younger than I am. So we were pretty close growing up, which is really great. What else? And I work full-time in uh, retail management. Can't believe you guys, you both have full-time jobs and also that you founded this business together as well during a pandemic. Wow, hectic. <laughs> yeah, it has been, but it's been a lot of fun. And then just tell me a bit about the two of you together. I'd love to know how you both know each other because you grew up together, I think. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Correct. So our families... Obviously, we met through uh, adoption. So, as you know, we are both adopted. So, our families both went through intercountry adoption here in Australia, actually in Melbourne. Um, so, it just happened to be that they were going through the process at the same time. Um, more so, probably with Tally's brother because he was older at the time. So, our families knew each other then. But over the years, we would go through a lot of adoption activities every weekend and all that kind of stuff to kind of stay together and really like help us understand the process, both the family and also other families that were going through the same process, which was really exciting. So I've known Tally forever, really, and um, we've kind of just been in each other's pocket um, since a young age. Yeah, we've just been going on family holidays every year too, that uh, Easter weekend, I think it is, or the Queen's birthday weekend, we always go away as well. So, yeah, we've stayed close friends, family friends ever since, which is really lucky. I love that. There's nothing like childhood friends sometimes for that long. You really do feel like you grow up like siblings in a way. Oh, absolutely. And then Tali, can you tell me a little bit? I know I think it's you've got quite your adoption story is something that people 
might recognise slightly, and I think you were adopted from the same um, orphanage featured in the film Lion. Is that right? Yes, yeah, that's correct. So um, if you have seen the movie Lion, they do show the orphanage in Calcutta, which is Nava Jivan, which means new life. It's a little bit different in the movie as it is in real life. Yeah, so I was adopted, as I mentioned before, when I was 15 months old. Um, I'm not sure if I have any siblings just because they were quite confidential with what information they did give out. Yeah, I went through the same adoption process as my brother, but in the movie, similar to Saru as well, I guess I was similar to him where my dad actually had to come over and get me, whereas my brother um, got brought over here. So the laws changed between the two of us. But yeah, I'm from the same orphanage and yeah, I'm ex- extremely lucky to be here as he is as well. So yeah, love my family and love being in Australia. Yeah. And then obviously, we're going to be talking today about All Shades Matter. Um, And could you just tell me a little bit just for those who don't know about the brand and about really what your aim is with it? So with All Shades Matter Cosmetics, our aim is to fill the gap in shade variety, specifically for people of colour. We have found over the years, and especially during the pandemic, we decided to kind of, you know, go for it to make a change. And we thought that why isn't there enough uh, shades of, of darker colours. You look at some of the bigger brands and for more Caucasian shades, you look there's maybe, you know, anywhere between 10, 15 uh, shades where you look at the darker shades that might be between two or three. And us like um, people uh, of lighter colours are the same. We, we don't all fit into one box. So instead of waiting for someone to do it, we kind of thought, you know what, we're going to do it ourselves. Yes, it's come a long way. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's been amazing, but we still don't think it's there. So we feel like, you know what, we've got the power. We're going to make the change and, and we're going to do this. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit about your experience, I guess, over the years of looking for makeup, looking for foundation, trying to find the one that's right for you you know what kind of maybe barriers or hurdles would you come up against I think as uh, Shanti said you know there definitely was a lack of options and not a huge range in terms of undertones when we were looking for foundation when we were younger too because there was only words like beige and sand and things like that that we didn't really understand what that meant and we just would buy whatever foundation was there that was the darkest essentially and just wear that because that's the only option we had and um, you know a lot of the foundations had a bit of a white powdery sort of finish or cast over your face but you just wanted to fit in so you just buy whatever and I often got the comment from mum that I used to just look orange and she said oh, I don't think that the foundation, oh. <laughs> I don't think the foundation's right and I thought oh well it's the only one I've got and it's the only option so I guess it'll have to do to be honest so yeah not a nice feeling at all. I think a point with that with like what Tali said, you just want to fit in. So obviously growing up, you know, in your teenagers, everyone was like going through that stage and just really experimenting through things. And even though we couldn't find our shade, I didn't want to feel like I was left out and that I couldn't do the same thing as what my girlfriends were doing. So I knew uh, walking out the house that that shade did not suit it had a white powdery finish and especially when you took a photo back in the day with the flash my face was like white as a ghost but I didn't want to feel like I couldn't do that either so missing out was you know it really took a hit um for my self-esteem because I thought well why not me yeah I was going to say that goes it goes beyond not just having not the makeup sense mental well-being and emotional well-being especially at that age as well you're so right yeah I mean for myself like I've grown up um, in pop, you would say a country town, and I remember g- going to primary school. I was, until my sister was adopted as well, I was the only 
child of colour in the entire primary school. Oh, I felt like I was doing it solo because my parents that I've been adopted from here are Caucasian, they're Australian. So for me, I was like, I'm having to deal this, deal with this for the first time on my own with no one really to turn to. So it was just about fitting in and hoping for the best and really not listening to what other people were saying when it didn't work because that just killed my self-esteem every single time. I said, like I was told, it wasn't right. It's not good enough. It's not a match. What are you doing? Then what about when you'd go into like, I was thinking about, you know, shops and department stores and sometimes you can say, oh, you know, can to the experts and the artists, can you help me find my right foundation? What kind of experiences did you have in that kind of sense? I feel like they hadn't been very educated in the darker shades and they sort of, I guess, freak out a little bit and just either palm them, palm you off to someone who's working there that is of colour, if there is anyone there, or they just give you anything and go, oh, I guess this will do. And again, it's that feeling of, oh, well, we're not thought of and we're not front of mind like all the other shades are as well. So you almost just have to sit there and test them yourself for a while until you have some what of a match to the best that you can and go, oh, I guess that'll have to do, really. I think it was really disheartening as well because you go to these makeup artists and they're so full of knowledge and experience and all that, which is amazing, and you put so much trust into them and go, hey, this is me, I'm going to, you know, I'm getting my makeup done for Deb or something for like a school event and is so excited to walk away and feeling like, yeah, again, it's not a match. And I feel like as well it's the same with not just foundation. You could go in and how many times we say, oh, I would love a nude lipstick. The, the the makeup, no makeup look, but what's classified as nude on someone of personal colour, again, is completely off. So it's trying to cater for that diversity, especially in Australia. Like we've got a country that is so diverse and multicultural. Why aren't we catering for that? The market's there. And obviously you were having these experiences over the years and you've spotted this huge gap and this huge disparity in the market. What, how, what took you from this realisation to that spark of an idea of now is the time to do something about it? You know, was there a a moment or an encounter or a a 3am conversation or what kind of really sparked (laughs) this idea for you to do something about it? Yeah, I think over the years, we've definitely both spoken about it continuously. And I guess just happened to be throughout the pandemic that we did decide to take the leap. But I guess we didn't want to have to keep waiting for someone to maybe fix the problem at some point. We just thought, why not us? Why not now? It needs to happen. And we didn't want other people to keep feeling the same way as we've been feeling over the years. So now's the time and let's do it. We just didn't want to keep waiting for other people, whether they be celebrities, because obviously there's a lot of brands out there, but within Australia, something that's affordable, something that I can go into my into my local store um, and just be really accessible and go, yeah, cool, I'm thought of, thank you. So instead of waiting for someone to do that, it could be another one year, six months, two years, ten years, we don't know. So we weren't willing to sit back and wait for that. And obviously you touched on your um, jobs and we mentioned that earlier that you also work full-time in careers that just aren't in the beauty space. And I just would love to know where where on earth do you start, you know, creating a foundation, moving into a totally new space? What did you do? How do you approach that? We jumped onto Google. We looked for suppliers. We knew if we could find a supplier and someone that we could just get our foot in the door, we could then use them almost as a mentor. Like what else do we need? What other elements can you please guide us who have you worked together with and really fed off um, their experience? And, and like we said, we've 
made really um, informed decisions with everything we've done from the beginning up until the point we are now. And we've just really leaned back on the experience of the people in the industry. Like we said, we are not people in like <laughs> beauty is not our our first um, kind of what, what, what we're experiencing. Yeah, but in saying that, we will take on every bit of information, really analyse it and then make an informed decision based on that. I love that as well because I feel like people, if you go to people and say, you know, I'd really love some help and your guidance and I feel like people appreciate that and you show gratitude and you learn from it I think it can be really you learn so much and you're getting that collaboration you're bringing your skills to it as well and that's brilliant yeah I think as well it's it's nice as well that I guess we've made networks with close contacts as in our own personal life as well as business networking as well I mean we've spoken to some friends who are either in the marketing industry or in design or in we've even managed to speak to like a friend's friend who's in the beauty industry and kind of like the chemical engineering side of things and things like that so you learn something new every single day there's always someone that it just I don't know the network of people just flows beyond you know <laughs> I think it comes down to connections and communication openly mm, and openly. when that's open and flowing organically and authentically it happens it just happens you just got to work hard and deal with the the, the the roadblock in front of you and then go from there and that's what we've really done we've kind of obviously we've got grand ideas and hopes for this company however we are looking at what we need to do by the end of the day what email we need to send by the end of the end of the week what do we need to do but in a year's time two years five years this is the plan as well so not not going overboard but having that vision and um letting people in that can help us make that a reality is really important. And sometimes all you can do, I think, especially in the, you know, during this pandemic and during this time is to take things hour by hour, day by day, you know, I think just for your mental health more than anything. So. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think as well with the pandemic, we've on a business level, we've had a lot of setbacks in regards to timeframes and everything because you've got to think they also need to outsource. They've been in lockdown and all those kind of things. So we've just had to be, be open to being flexible, pivoting where needed and reassessing where needed. So we've just, yeah, like we've made it work. Has it brought out any sort of traits or qualities in you guys that I guess surprised you or maybe you didn't think you had or strengthened in some sort of way? I think I guess it's really highlighted that we can both multitask extremely well. And I think yes. <laughs> both our jobs as well, both our jobs involve that, but I think it's just really highlighted that. Um, but I think other things are like we're really good at time blocking things out now. Um, we work off no to like minimal sleep and that's fine with us. Um, but I think just from our childhood too, we've learned to be super resilient and I think that's shown through even more so through this business process and just yeah, being able to support each other either business-wise or personal throughout the entire process. And we're working literally around the clock. Like Tali and I both do nine, ten-hour days and we're on a call generally about this time for another four hours just to get the emails done and keep the ball rolling because without that, you know, um, we won't be able to get to where we want to. Yeah. And obviously I've seen that, you know, your social media is fantastic and, you know, building up that kind of hype and awareness around the brand. And even before launch, I'd love to know what kind of feedback you've had and are people crying out for this? Uh, I, definitely. I mean, I think we've had so many messages where people have said, I can't wait for this launch. It's finally something I can get my hands on in Australia, a makeup brand. 
for people of colour and for my colour, I think it's such a powerful message and I guess really sums up what we are doing because because all shades do matter. And yeah, I think the fact, I guess, as well, we're lucky to have had a lot of media attention prior to having our product as well. And I guess there's a lot of talk in the space about inclusivity in the beauty industry as well in Australia. And everyone's really getting around it at the moment and we're here to make it happen. So let's just keep pushing on and make big things happen from here. I think the most common uh, comment and feedback that we have had is that I can finally find a product of colour in Australia and a lot of people mm. are emphasising in Australia because, you know, there's many brands in the US and in the UK and, and abroad that do cater for those for those uh, shades. It's just here. Like people want to have something they can um, buy somewhat locally, Australian-owned, Australian-made, and then they can have, you know, a little bit more like peace of mind because um, obviously you come in with those other challenges when you purchase overseas um so to have something here that they are just absolutely loving it which is really reinforcing the fact that we are doing the right thing interestingly we've had some um, comments from makeup artists as well saying they're extremely excited for our product but how they've brought their experience they've mentioned to us you know saying when they were younger when they were doing makeup artistry courses as well that back then they didn't provide any darker shades in their courses and they were just told to use whatever they had to mix and that'll do as well. So interesting coming from their perspective as well that this product is needed. So that's a long time ago they were mentioning. So it's only up to now 2021 that this is happening. So, yeah, we're lucky that we get to do that for everyone. Yeah, and a lot of the time they were taught in, I guess, beauty school that, you know, this is what you've got to work with, you need to be flexible and you've just got to make it work. And to hear that of a person of colour just to make it work, sounds like you're to the side, use the scraps, deal with it. And that isn't a great feeling either. No, it's heartbreaking, like you were saying, yeah. And we were talking, obviously, you mentioned about, you know, other brands and things overseas and, you know, and in Australia as well. I'd love to know if either of you have a role model, I guess, or someone you look to, I guess, whether it's in the beauty space or whether it's in life more generally and, you know, someone that inspires you in life and in the work you're doing. Yeah, I think um, in regards to the actual beauty space itself, we've really looked up to Bobby Brown from her experience. I mean, she started off with just a lipstick and she's, you know, created a global uh, brand now and it's just grown organically from that one singular product. But I think just her work ethic and the way she went about business and from such a young age as well, like just taught us so much. And we've read lots of articles and things about how she started her business and things like that. But I guess that goes into our personal life as well. I think for both of us, our families have just been exceptional role models, um, our partners and just family in general, just who demonstrate, who have demonstrated to us from a young age again to show resilience, have a strong work ethic, whatever you choose. I think at the end of the day, our, our families, hands down, is our biggest support and role model. So without them, you know, I don't know if we could do what we have done to date. So it's really we're super grateful for, for what we have in the support network we've got. Yeah, sounds like you both got brilliant support squads. and But the work and the hours you're putting in, you know, obviously are huge. And I'd love to know, you know, do you get your downtime? How do you spend it? You know, what kind of keeps you in that kind of balance, I guess? What are your anchors? Well, I've recently actually just been given a puppy dog. <laughs> so as a, oh. as a, 
<laughs> as an early birthday present. So that'll be great for my downtime. But I think apart from the puppy, normally I think exercise, making sure you do get to exercise uh, daily, whether it is going for a walk or going for a run, um, but making time for yourself every single day, even if it is five minutes, like I say to my kids at school, you know, we do a little activity every now and then where I give them 20 minutes to go and sit outside without any technology, nothing they have to sit there, figure out something to do, even if it is reading a book, because I've mentioned to them, you know, life is going to get busy and you will have to find time for yourself, even if it is two to five minutes a day to just sit, be on your own, have your own thoughts. Um, yeah, I think just doing something that you love doing in your own time, whether it is exercise or cooking, I love cooking as well. So, yeah, I think that's really important to me, just have the mental clarity throughout the week on top of everything. And for myself, I I work in um, customer service, so I work you know pretty much ten hour days. So you got to think there's a lot of energy around that. I'm taking on um, a lot of people's energy as well. So I think then to to switch off, I like to kind of get out in nature, put the headphones in, listen to a podcast, go for a walk type of thing, and just really um, have some time to myself. Because if, if if I don't have time for myself and really to fill my own cup up, you don't want to know me pretty much. I can get a little bit grumpy. Um, I love that Tali's laughing at that, like, yeah, I know that. <laughs> She'll know if I'm a little bit snappy. She's like, okay, she's short today. But um, but I know that for myself. So I think if, like the business, we spoke about time blocking, I will also time block my day to a certain degree. I mean, my day starts at 6 a.m. I finish work, I get to the gym I'm like, cool, Tally, two hours and then I'll be with you. But um, she respects that and vice versa and we make it work. So it's been really good in that manner. Yeah. Oh, and I think, Tally, I feel like having a puppy is going to keep you busy and Shanti, you as well. I feel like that's the walk and talk meetings with the puppy. Done. Oh, oh yeah, it's <laughs> coming everywhere now. Yeah. <laughs> And then I'd love to know, so if people wanted to know more about the products themselves, how would you describe the products, you know, and um, how they work, what they feature, you know, their, their USPs, so to speak? How would you describe them? Um, so our product is a mousse-like uh, texture, so it will be very soft on the skin. It's medium to full coverage, which is buildable. It has a matte finish. It's really weightless on the skin, which makes, which is, allows you to wear it every day um, without feeling like it's it's heavy because, I mean, I know in my experience I have, I feel like I'm wearing makeup and I need to say, scratch my face and I feel like all the makeup's under my nail and I feel like I then need to, like, touch up. So I feel like that doesn't, that doesn't happen with this product but you also don't miss out on the coverage where required. Um, our product will be a 30ml fill. Um, which is pretty uh, stock standard in the beauty industry when it comes to foundation. It's vegan, cruelty-free and paraben-free. The packaging is all 100% recycling, which I think is just really um, important to be sustainable um, going forward and obviously we will then be more sustainable in more areas as much as possible. Um, what else? Uh, it gives us more of a no-makeup makeup look, which I think for the everyday person, for me personally, I don't wear heap of makeup but I do like to, to to have my girly days I feel like I feel like I want to be put together every every now and then but I'm um, not have to be spending hours and hours in the bathroom before my six hour my six a.m day starts um which I think is one of the main things 
uh, for our product to be really important, that it's it's easy, you can put it on in 10 minutes, you're done, walking out the door, put together, ready to like, face the day. Yeah, I think too, adding on to that, I guess it's similar to, I guess it applies like a cream, so it sets quite seamlessly and just feels like you're not wearing anything, but I think it's great that it's easily applied with multiple different um, application tools. So whether it's your hands, a makeup brush or a beauty blender, whatever you choose to decide, it's nice and easy and quick application as well. And I find I'm the same with Shanti. I don't wear as much makeup as I used to. And I find juggling work now, I do like to sleep in a little bit more and have my extra sleep. So I know my makeup routine now is a lot quicker and having this product just makes life a lot easier. So do you remember when you were kind of doing with all the research and things when you landed on the formulation that it is now were you like this is the one like did it kind of spark you were like yeah we've got it yeah absolutely when you know you know <laughs> <laughs> literally because I was like oh Tali there's just something missing we were going back and forth back and forth and I'm just like I, I at the time I was like I'm not sure what it is but it's just not right but we just <laughs> kept going kept going and we're like oh my god we got it and it was just like party time. It was such a, <laughs> it was such a great feeling and you know, it, it was an achievement in itself. And you know what? We just really celebrated those milestones. Yeah, we can't wait for people oh, to Oh, it's play. fantastic. Yeah. And then just thinking about all the research and the things you've done and the people you've spoken to. I'd love to know if there's a a really cool foundation or makeup tip that you've learned that you'd love to share with people that you wish more people knew. I think as cliche as this one sounds, I think priming and prepping your skin is probably the number one priority for a flawless foundation. Um, I know everyone says it all the time, but we really do find that your skincare routine consistently throughout the week, including your moisturizer, hydrating of some kind and SPF, are top three things that you really need to consider prior to your foundation because no matter how good your foundation is if your skincare routine is lacking your foundation is not going to be able to perform at its best and we think like the foundation is almost the polish of the care that you put on your face so without that it won't be able to flourish so together is when you'll get the best outcome yeah, I think it's so true because I feel like I don't wear foundation very much and I think over the years my skin's really dry and I think I don't necessarily look after it in the best way and then I'm surprised when the foundation catches or doesn't blend in too well when I do wear it and things. You're so right, like it's that invest in the base kind of thing. Drinking water as well, just as simple as that sounds. I know everyone bangs on about it but internally once you, you've got that beautiful moisture skin, um, it's got something to really gravitate to in a positive manner. Yeah, and a lot oh, of you were saying drinking water was that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for hydration, um, for the skin is probably one of the biggest takeaways we've got when it comes to skincare. Yeah. A lot of makeup artists that we have spoken to as well have have all said the same thing that no matter what, before your foundation, um, moisturizer and hydrating your skin is pretty much the only thing really the most important thing you've got to do for the foundation to blend seamlessly. Otherwise, it's not going to budge properly. And I think everyone takes a sip of their water right now. <laughs> and then obviously we've been talking about so much today, but I think, you know, so many of us take putting on our foundation for granted or putting on our makeup for granted. And obviously, you know, that's not the case for so many people. You know, how much, how important is it for you guys to raise awareness of this issue of diversity as much as the products themselves, if you see what I mean? 
I think it's absolutely crucial because, I mean, as we've grown up, feeling left out is a horrible thing to feel and we don't want other people to feel that way as well. And that's why we have put our focus on people of colour. Um, so we're tipping this beauty game on its head, really. We're starting with the darker shades and the hope is to go lighter in the future. But just to give the people of colour that option of every day being able to find a foundation to suit them. Um, but just firsthand, I guess, the lack of products that there has been in Australia, we're really striving to close that gap in the foundation shade variety um, to pro- provide the people of colour better opportunities of feeling included in the 21st century and making it accessible and affordable and bringing the culture of the inclusive beauty into it as well. Yeah, I 100% agree with what Tali said. She's pretty much covered all points of why, you know, we are doing what we're doing. You know, I think really, um, you know, the, the foundation itself, it's a beautiful um, external look, but how you feel on the inside, it's just a, a totally different kettle of fish. And when you feel like you're constantly getting um, forgotten about and just not included at all, not even a thought, and they go, okay, cool, we're going to stop at golden beige. And that's it. It's just really like, again, another brand's done this. And we just want to, yeah, like Tali said, just flip it on its head. So start from the darker shades and then ex- expand into the lighter shades because I think that when you do that, the person of colour goes, oh, they thought of us first. And that's something that's not common. I think it's just important that, you know, everyone's makeup experience is a positive one. No matter what, no matter what product you're buying, everyone wants to have the option of wearing makeup and feel beautiful when they want to. And I think just having that experience be as positive as possible is fundamental. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask, actually, how you imagine if you visualise someone looking at your products and then trying your products. Yeah. How do you visualise or dream their experience will be and how they'll feel? I think our hope is just, you know, for everyone, like Tyler said, to have the same opportunity. Like we've all got the same opportunity when we want to try on clothing and where we want to go out to eat and it's got nothing to do with our skin tone. But when it does, why do we have all these setbacks? Why do we have all these roadblocks? Um, Why do we always have to feel like we have to keep proving that, you know, people should be thinking of us? So to think that people have and we're – thought of them first instead of being a brand that's potentially just brought in a couple of shades to be quote-unquote inclusive, Um, I think that would be really heartwarming to a lot of people um, that that they've been thought of first. Where would you love to take All Shades Matter Cosmetics in the future? Do you have, you know, a dream of where you'd love to go with it? Of course we do. We we have a plan, we have a dream, and that's exactly (laughs) where we are headed. I mean, All Shades Matter, we are striving to be the go-to brand in Australia for people of colour when it comes to choosing their foundation. Um, We're going to do foundation, we're going to do it well, and we're going to do it in as many shades as possible and expand constantly based on customer demand and everything else on top of that. Eventually, we'd love to go uh, have a flagship store in each capital city around Australia and eventually go internationally. So that's the hope, that's the dream, and... We'll deal with emails tonight and we'll get there eventually. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thank guys. Thank you so, so much. Tali, Shanti, thank you. We're so excited to, yeah, for the launch of the products, but yeah, also like incredible to speak to you. And thanks for kind of sharing your insights, sharing your time. Thank you. Thank you.
Hearing Shanti and Tali talk about looking back at their old photos where they weren't wearing the right foundation and their faces looked like a sheen of white powder over dark skin gave me flushes on my formal pics. Oh, so much cringe. Thank God girls of today won't have that problem with women like Shanti and Tali around. Thank you for listening. This episode of Uninterrupted was hosted by Alex Davies and produced by me, Lisa Gebelagen. For more from us... Grab a copy of Women's Health Australia with Halle Berry on the cover. Confession, I want to be like Halle when I grow up. Actually, I just want to be as fit as Halle now. (laughs) Or you can visit us at womenshealth.com.au and find us on Insta, womenshealthaus. Thank you and we'll see you next time.